Welcome to Is All Correlated. I'm your host, Jordan Phillip, and my special guest today is Dean Somali. He is an online educator focusing on health, wealth, and Web3. How you doing? Yes, Jordan. Good to see you. I'm doing well. I met Dean at a crypto conference in October, right? Mm-hmm. And when I was there, I was like, I wasn't really feeling the, the conference until you came on stage. I, was, <laughs> yeah. I think I was going to walk out. I was like, I think I'm going to leave. But then I was like, oh, this guy's actually like solid. Like, you know what he's talking about. And then yeah, after you were done speaking, that. I walked out. Like, I'm not kidding. I don't know if you saw me afterwards. But I got your link. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember seeing you, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got your link. And I was like, I'm out of here. I'll see you. Yeah, man. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I so, appreciate that. Of course, of course. So what made you start crypto and when did you start crypto? Yeah, my story goes back to um, 2017, right? I used, to, I was working in a hospital at a time and one of my friends came up to me and he was like, mate, look at this thing, it's called Bitcoin. And I was like, what the hell is that? And uh, we actually, what we did was like three of us, we ended up having uh, lunchtime meetings where we got together and started discussing this and like it's in, what it is what bitcoin is what its implications are and it all felt very new and like not not very clear what, what's going on the main reason why it was it introduced to me was because of the money aspect right uh, so that was like the initial excitement but once i, I looked start, once i started researching into it then I realized it's way bigger than that. And what made you think it was like way bigger? Like what like stuck out? Like, oh, this is a thing that I need to like dedicate my life to type of thing. Yeah. So, um, so, so like I got involved before, uh, like in the middle of 2017 and uh, I'd never invested in anything before. Uh, so I was very hesitant about putting money in. Um, but eventually in one of these business meetings, like one of these meetings I had my friends about this, we ended up deciding to put in 300 pounds uh, in. Uh, at the time, it felt like a lot. Like it was very uncomfortable to make put that in. Yep. Um, but then I bought, I bought it and then um, I bought it at the worst possible time in December 2017 <laughs> at peak. Yeah, basically bought it. I basically bought the top and then afterwards it just crashed. So then um, like any beginner investor, your mood is dictated by the price chart. Mm. So I was like, this is, this is just like nonsense. But then um, in 2018, I had more friends just come and talk to me about it. And and, uh, one of my friends gave me a book, actually. I've got it here. I'll show you. He gave me this book called Bitcoin, the future of money by Mm. Dominic Frisbee. And um, I read this in 2018, and that is what made me realize th- this is more than just um, a way to make money. This is a global technology revolution. Yeah, I was the same way. Like, I started in 2017. I think you bought you bought Bitcoin, right? That's the only coin you bought in 2017, right? Y- yeah, just BTC. Yeah, I did, like, the exact opposite. So I was in Japan at the time. And then I couldn't make a Coinbase because you had to have like a US number back then. So I had to like ask my mom, like, yo, hurry up, hurry, make me an account. And I was trying to buy Litecoin of all coins. And it was like 60 bucks. 
<laughs> so I had all my money. That was a lot to me, 600 bucks, which is like half my net worth at the time. I just started working. Yeah, yeah. Into Litecoin. A week after I wanted it at 300 bucks, it already like hit the all-time high. And then I think it was like November, December. And then, yeah, Litecoin has never, ever visited back at all-time high. <laughs> so yeah, all the money. Yeah, it's funny. You know that the... <laughs> do, do you still own Litecoin? Um, no, no. When it pumped back up, like this past, like what twenty twenty one, I sold it for like a loss still, but better than what I did at twenty seventeen. Uh, that's good. Silver lining, at least. I think I bought some Tron, and uh, I bought like the worst coins. I think I bought Tron EOS. Ripple XRP at the top, like $3 Ripple type of thing. This is really bad portfolio. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't read no books. I just bought hmm. coins from YouTube. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I never really fully understood the appeal of Litecoin. The, uh, it's like, you know, people call in Bitcoin digital gold and they were calling Litecoin digital silver. Yeah, but then the thing, that. I never bought it because I read that um, the founder, Charlie Lee, I think his name is, he he sold the top in 2017. He himself exactly. sold his Litecoin. So th- yeah. So then I thought, if he's selling, <laughs> like, yep. why why would anyone buy? So yeah, that's why I never really go into it. Fortunately, and I, I think, guess like the whole silver narrative is like kind of like dead because you have Bitcoin Lightning Network and like Lightning is really fast. So you don't really need like a faster version of Bitcoin now. You know. So. So yeah, I think it's played out. Yeah, exactly. So, for people who are new to crypto, right, listening to this podcast, like, why should they buy crypto? Like, if they seen all these exchanges go down and Terra Luna go to zero, like, legitimately go to zero, what's the whole point of still buying crypto? Mm, yeah. So, I think it's it's much more than just a way to make money uh, like i said before there's a technology digital revolution that's happening we're in the middle of the next uh, renaissance right with uh, global technology is developing exponentially at a rate that humans cannot perceive properly uh, it's happening right now uh, january 2023 with ai AI, I think, is is like the technology revolution of this year. Last year and the year before, um, probably the year before, yeah, it was it was crypto. And the way that I like to think about this is, uh, imagine the world in the year, uh, let's say twenty eighty. Like we're we're probably not even going to be on the earth. We'll be very old on the earth. How do you imagine the world is going to look like, right? Do you think that we're still going to be using paper, cash and coins? Like, Mm -hmm. do you think that, nah, like, you don't see that. When you picture that vision of the future, no one's using paper money and coins, right? Everything is digital, right? Mm -hmm. So I like to look, have that, look at that vision of the future and reverse engineer as to what what needs to happen to get from today to that point. And one of those things is 
digital money, right? But another interesting thing that I heard recently was that humans are, are very good at trying to predict technological progress in the future. But what we what we are not so good at is predicting social change in the future. That's why there's a cartoon called The Jetsons where they fly around in like flying cars and stuff, but they still get up and go somewhere to go to work, you know? So they they could predict the technology change as simple, but not the social change of how people work from home, you know? And uh, I think that is that is also something that is, is very hard to try and predict for the future. But the way that I see crypto is that it's one of those core pieces of infrastructure that is needed for building the society of tomorrow. That makes sense. Because I always like look back, or even not look back, but look at like the coins now, like a coin market cap or coin gecko. I'm just like, why do I have this? And you have to like step back and be like, okay, like stable coins, you can earn yield, like 2% yield, 3% mm. yield safely. You know I mean, if you're actually using like a like a DeFi, not using like Celsius or something like that, versus your bank account. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> versus earning like 0.01%, you can earn like 2, 3. Um, if Bitcoin does live up to its hype of being digital gold, it'd be more stable and less mm. volatile. So yeah, there's, there's stuff to look forward to. It's just hard, like you said, to imagine the social change, you know? I wanted to say quickly, the key thing about crypto is that it's money that is not under the control of the government. And this is something that is new to people. Uh, the only form of money that people have traditionally used it that's not under the control of the government is something like gold or is something like stocks, right? But ha having uh, a politically free form of money for me is is the most important factor. Um, just like hundreds of years ago, there was the separation of religion and states, and that transformed society. Today, with Bitcoin, you get the separation of money and state, and that in itself will bring the revolution and the renaissance. So, like, do you think Bitcoin will replace, like, the pound or dollar, or you think they can work, like, hand-in-hand -hand together? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so... I feel like uh, I read recently Ray Dalio's book, um, Principles for Dealing with the Changing World Order. And uh, after reading that book, it's great, by the way, it talks about how empires rise and fall and uh, goes into some of the core components of empires and what it is that makes them so good. And um, after reading that book, I've, I feel like another uh, Bretton Woods is going to happen in the near future, I mean, hard to predict when, but uh, the, so for people who don't know, right, Bretton Woods was an event, uh, it's, well, it's a place, right, and uh, an event happened there in 1947, I believe, after World War II, where the entire financial global order was restructured after World War II, and um, following that, it made the dollar the global world reserve currency. I have, I have a prediction that at some point in the future, there will be another Bretton Woods event where we need another mass global um, restructuring of the financial world. And from that, Bitcoin like 
makes sense to be the form of currency that all other currencies are built on because it's not under the control of any country right now because dollars are the global world reserve currency they have power over other countries they can use that power like um, for example 70 percent of dollars are not held by america they're not held by americans 70 percent of dollars are held by other countries outside of America because of the world reserve currency status. These other countries, uh, if they use dollars as their main form of currency because their own country's currency is has been destroyed right throughout mm-hmm. inflation, and other other people use it outside of America because it's the predominant form of, of currency for global transactions. Mm. Um, so if, if you want to send money from one country from like Mexico to Japan, one way that it can be done is to go through the conveyance dollars and then convert it into yen. So yeah, uh, I feel like that um, Bitcoin will it's it's built to be that money that everyone can trust and uh that's how that's what i see in the future then to i guess tag along with you're saying i didn't know that 70 percent of u.s dollars didn't exist in america but to tag along with that right let's say we're in south america or, or like africa you know like less developed continents or nations in those regions how can like crypto as a whole help people who are unbanked? Yeah, for real. Yeah, so in Africa, there are there are fourteen countries in Africa that use this their main form of currency as something called the CFA franc, and uh, the CFA franc is a form of currency that is under the control of the French government, and the French government uh, created the CFA franc system. Uh, and they based it on um, the structure used by Hitler and the Nazis, that financial structure which Hitler used to build currency to control other countries. So that's what the CFA franc is based on, and the French government currently use it to financially control 14 countries in Africa. And these countries, what it means is that um, anytime they buy something, um, I think the French government have... Uh, so the French government have first dibs, they have first rights on anything that gets produced in the countries. And anytime they want to um, convert the CFA franc to another currency, they have to convert it to euros first when the French government take a cut and then they, they can convert it to other currencies. So uh, th- the point is that these countries in Africa, they were given their liberation in terms of um, slavery, right? but they're still financially enslaved. So freedom is not real freedom unless there's financial freedom. So that's the example. And that's one, that's just one example happening in Africa, but there's other. So then what what these African countries can do is is use Bitcoin instead, right? And then that itself is a form of liberation. That itself is a form of of them gaining their own freedom. Um, yeah, that's just one example. There's there's others from around the world as well. Right. So is Bitcoin the only coin that can like do that type of stuff? Because not every coin is decentralized. You know, like you might have coins like like BNB, which even though it's like top three, I think it has like seven people who run the network, like validators. 
So that can easily be shut down. So what other coins can like, I guess, scale up to like Bitcoin's level? Yeah, I think it's very important to distinguish the difference between Bitcoin and every single other coin, right? Uh, Bitcoin in itself is it's not. I don't even see Bitcoin as um, like I, I see altcoins as like um, tech tech startups. <laughs> every altcoin is essentially a tech startup, and uh, it's just like buying a, a tech stock. In a way, but Bitcoin, I don't even see it like that. I see it like a commodity, um, which is what Gary Gensler says as well. Actually, he yeah. says that Bitcoin is a commodity and uh, it should be treated as such. So, yeah, very, very big difference. Like, I don't feel like if I was um, one of those countries in Africa, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be buying BNB to try and uh, gain like <laughs> financial freedom. Uh, yeah, yeah. The key thing about Bitcoin is that it's it's the most decentralized uh and uh like you said like there's seven whatever validator nodes for bnb but bitcoin has thousands and thousands so that's yeah. that's the metric for me to look at and just to push back to you would you tie in ethereum to being like a regular altcoin or do you think it's like something more like a commodity yeah like oil type of commodity yeah no yeah yeah I, I do think that ethereum might, might be like that it like that special kind of not an altcoin but not bitcoin in a, in a like a league of its own but i've been thinking a bit differently recently with the whole merge going on so now now that the merge has happened i i still don't know for certain about the technological details i'm just going off um how how i feel now really so this isn't really based on yeah. like hard facts but just from the way that i've been thinking about things um so with ethereum going through the merge right they've gone from a proof of work system which is the consensus mechanism that bitcoin used um that is that is i would say is more fair but it's it's more energy intensive and then now they've gone to a proof of stake system but to me that seems like the the people who own the most ethereum now have more power so whilst they might be more energy efficient it doesn't seem like it, it feels like there's actually been a potential drop in how uh, fair it is but i don't know that for certain yeah i think they're gonna try to like split up some of the like staking pools because like lido and rocket pool and coinbase cracking like these big exchanges have like the biggest stake so theoretically if the ceo of coinbase pissed off one day he could change up the whole network flip up a switch yeah exactly yeah. so that's what you're saying it's not a good point yeah but even to rebuttal like i know that like three of the biggest bitcoin mining pools are they own like most of the network too so i guess it's pros and cons to both but i don't know enough about proof of stake or proof of work like technically yeah that's an interesting point i i didn't know that 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 like there's a the mining is is centralized in some way um, but i guess that that would be centralization of uh, the a new new supply of of bitcoin right uh -huh. whereas uh i feel like it hasn't like 80 percent or maybe eight, more 80 percent of bitcoin already been mined so right um for me the the uh 
the the key statistic would be to look at what is the current centralization or dissemination percentage of the current Bitcoin. So all of whatever eighty percent, whatever that is, that is currently in existence. Um, I've seen different stats on this as well. I actually right. don't know for certain um, because I, I don't know if you. I'm just looking at FUD on Twitter, but <laughs> some people say it's it's <laughs> it's super. It's like the the like you know like one percent own the majority, but I, I don't know for certain. But I'm yeah. from what I've seen, um, I feel like if, if you're going to compare all of the all of the coins in existence, Bitcoin would probably have the fairest distribution. Yeah, that makes sense. So this is kind of going back to before. Um, so I saw your TikTok, mm-hmm. right, about the money illusion. What is that? Yeah, the money illusion. So um, in the video, I spoke about how in the UK here, um, the government have given nurses in the NHS, the National Health Service, they've given them a pay rise, right? And they've said that, are we giving you a 4% pay rise? But then inflation is at 8%. Yep. So what that actually means is that the nurses are getting a 4% pay cut. Right. That That's the money illusion. Uh-huh. The money illusion is the fact that if we see the number go up, so the nominal value of, of our cash go up, we'll think that it's, we're, it's good. Right? We'll think that we're gaining money. But actually, the the prime metric to look at is the inflation rate. What what is that in terms of the inflation rate? And if the inflation rate is higher than the percentage increase, it means that you're actually getting a pay cut. You, you you're not the purchasing power of that money is actually decreasing. It's not going up. But you know the way that we are as humans is we're psychologically like. Uh, ingrained into us think that yeah. if something increases there's more of it obvious obviously but it's not the case when you're looking at money and uh, i think it's um it's a very common problem like i think the understanding inflation is is not easy it's not something that people necessarily get taught in school right like, yeah. what the hell is inflation like, um yeah that's the money illusion yeah a lot of people i try to talk to like i work with um, I was like, yo, invest your money. Um, there's inflation, right? I think I was saying that like back inflation was like 3%. It wasn't even high like it is now. And I was like, invest your money. It was like, oh no, it's a big risk. Because if I have 10 grand, it'll still be 10 grand 10 years from now. I was like, yeah, like the number on your bank account screen be the same, but the mind <laughs> power would not be the same. And they don't get it. Yeah. And I was like, think about houses. You can get a house back then for 50 grand. No, you're not finding a house in America for fifty grand, or what? I think they yeah, sold that's... half the U.S. for like you could buy half the United States for like a penny or ten grand. They bought the whole half of the Western continent for ten thousand dollars nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> and that's not happening. Yeah, the 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 thing that really made me made me really understand it when I was younger is that some of my friends were talking about their other like family members who were old now right like so like when i was a kid my friends uh he had like uncles who were like in their 70s and he said that this guy invested in nothing he just he just had like 200k cash and kept the cash and then he kept it all and then by the time he's 70 
he's realized that it's the purchasing power of that is nothing. Like he can barely buy a house with that anymore. Whereas if he invested the money like back then, he could have bought like four houses. Yeah. So it's, it's that, yeah, I, I understand why people make these decisions though. You know, like one is the, the, the n- n- lack of knowledge when it comes to this, uh, and inflation. And the other thing is people want security, right? People want yep. safety. So cash at the end of the day, like however much we be on cash, it is still the safest asset to be in, in the short term, because it's not, it's not as volatile. But for me, taking it, if you hold cash for the long term, you're automatically taking an L because over time, every, every single fiat currency, fiat currencies, government generated money like dollars or pounds, every single instance of it, the fiat currency has gone to zero every single time. Um, and it's, I don't think that's something that people really fully understand, right? I guess the, the key question is, what is money? Like when people say money, when you ask people what is money, which is a great podcast by Robert Breedlove, by the way, in that in that podcast, he answers that question um, where he talks about more about money being uh, like energy. But more, most people wouldn't say that. Most people would just think, yeah, it's dollars or yeah, it's pounds. Money is pounds. Right. Conceptualizing money in any other way don't seem right but there's plenty of other things that can be counted as money yeah i heard arthur hayes uh the founder of bitmex i remember he mentioned that like everything should be like uh denominated in oil because everything you do uses oil like drive your car oil you got food in your plate it had to be transported somehow oil is always involved in everything we do your lights your car heat in your house so yeah energy pretty much is money so to wrap this up right we need some alpha for people we're just starting you don't know what to do if you had to pick your top five coins right or however many coins not financial advice <laughs> what, what coins are you picking <laughs> yeah. to start your portfolio yeah i think anyone that's ever starting i got loads of people asking this question on social media and um I always say, like, uh, uh, if you're starting, uh, investing investing in crypto is like swimming, right? You don't want to jump straight in the deep end. Start off in the shallow end and become uh, adjusted to it. And like most most people in crypto, um, what they've done is first invest in Bitcoin, and uh, that's that's what I did, and that's what nearly everyone I know did. <laughs> not, not you though exactly yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> i went to the deep end and now I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, straight in the deep end um, yeah. but i think yeah especially like if you've never invested in anything before ever um i think yeah the first thing i do is invest in bitcoin but it also is very it's very important like the advice that i give that i always think is very important to mention is that what you invest in is based on two questions um what is your time horizon and how much risk do you want to take? Right. So most people say that oh, I, my time horizon is one year. Like I need the money ASAP and yeah. I'm willing to take maximum risk. But if that's you, then cool. Um, but I feel like everyone that's ever said that has learned the hard way. Yeah. And maybe that's what's needed. Maybe that's what's needed. So I think firstly, invest in Bitcoin, but kind of expect to learn the hard way. Don't feel like... Um, you there, there's anything different about this time <laughs> this time whenever the next bull market comes um but definitely 
Bitcoin. I, I cannot stress how much that coin is important to me. And then, but definitely second is the ETH. Like, I'm not even going to lie, like Bitcoin and ETH, them two. Um, like, I, if I was actually giving someone advice today, like January 2023, to, to be buying, like, I'd say, like, well, if that was me and I was starting again now, I'd do 50 50 Bitcoin and ETH. Like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think. Like, and that's yeah. that's also the portfolio that Balaji Sebastian talks about. And any, anything after that, it's like so difficult to tell because all of the coins that were popping in the bull market, now we're in the bear market, it's not 100% clear that they're going to come back again. And uh-huh. being a, like a high market cap coin, it's not an indicator that it's going to still be here. Like look at Luna. Yeah. But saying that, like, like one, like I feel like the um, it going into the next bull market, there there will be other um, narratives, right? The, the narratives is what pumps the coins. The narratives is is what is what drives the technology innovation as well. At the end of the day, yep. Um, and I'm still very big on some of these uh, layer ones to come through. I I don't think that ETH will become that dominant layer one where it will subsume all of the ETH killers. So coins like Solana, uh, Polkadot, um, I still I'm still backing them. Like I still feel like they have a they have a role to play. Um, and um, I also think the other thing are layer twos, right? So um, I feel like Matic. I've been I've been following them uh, through the bear market and. They've been some some good developments. I feel like they've they've moved into a zero knowledge tech. Yep. So um, yeah, using zk rollups, and um, I feel like they're definitely well. I'm not going to say definitely, but they definitely look like they're building and they're they're, yeah. they're growing uh, in terms of technology. And um, so yeah, I mean those are qu- quite big coins. Like I don't really like talking about those juicy. Uh, coin market cap position 1000 coins because Save your life overnight um, coins. yeah yeah i mean right now it's just like that you gotta be mad to invest in them right now um and i think the only the only time like like it would be more clear about what what uh, kind of coins are going to pop is when the bull market starts again and then we can see which narratives start popping again like metaverse gaming vr yep i feel like um ai um so like right now you know like ai is just booming in general with chat gpt open ai mid journey you know uh, all of these tools and i've i've been thinking about like uh there, w- there was an ai sector of crypto i mean there's, there is an ai sector of crypto that but it's never really been fully uh, like looked at or like the light has never really been shone on it the narrative has never, has never really pumped and uh, it reminds me of an nft that i bought actually like back in a bull market and it was by this project called alethea ai and uh, they created this uh, ai nft that sold for like 500k at christie's auction Dang. and um and yeah, it got it got me thinking a lot about how how is AI gonna link in with crypto? It's something that I'm still thinking through right now. I don't really have uh, concrete opinions or ideas, but I feel like that's that's another sector to watch. Yeah, I know there's like Fetch AI, that FET coin. I know it's on Coinbase. That's the only one I know of. I don't have it though. I just know of it because of the uh, AI aspect. 
Yeah. So, so Bitcoin and ETH, that's your portfolio. And some layer ones. It's kind of funny because like I feel like ETH will, in my opinion, <laughs> I think I've just seen too much that like like a layer two, like arbitrary optimism is cheap, then why would I go to Solana or Polkadot when all the apps for now still on ETH? So it's more upside for the layer ones if they could pull off pull like like a good app. But we'll see. Yeah, I think for for me, like the thing the thing that separates uh, something like Solana from the layer twos is the fact that Solana have, have built a phone, and I think yep. the the crypto phone is is a game changer. Uh, it's hard to understand uh, how that is going to look like, but for me, I feel like that it's going to be a given. Like um, operating systems will develop from um, blockchains, right? Uh, and having having like I uh, heard Balaji talk about this. He done he done like an eight hour podcast with Lex Friedman, Thank and he talks know. about how blockchains are a type of operating system because they have a uh, like a virtual environment in terms of their uh, like the virtual machines, and um, they're capable of um, holding like like an app store on there like a a decentralized app app store so i feel like when it when um solana phone comes out and it's operating on like the solana operating system i think that's going to open a lot of people's eyes as to what is going to be like what what the future is really going to be like um yeah because it's hard it's hard for me i don't really fully understand the details but it just seems like being able to hold crypto natively on your device and not just crypto but your nfts and and like not just nfts in terms of artwork but nfts in terms of um identity right or like you, whatever virtual digital identities that we have we kept as other nfts soul bound nfts verifiable credentials having all of that natively on your phone means that um you own your identity for real like it's actually with you here now yep. um so yeah, it's a big unlock. And I think even if it like flops, right? I think even if it gets like 0.01% or 1% market share of like phone, you might have like big players like Samsung and Apple be like, hey, these guys just failed at this. Let's fix what they failed on and put in Apple Wallet now or Samsung Wallet. And now you can hold Bitcoin in your Apple Pay or something like that. Mm. Or Samsung Pay, Google Pay. Even if a lot yeah, of flops. It's so that's pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, for real. I think that's that's that sounds like that's probably something that will eventually happen. You know, like yeah. integration on that level. Um, but I feel like if if OS is also getting developed, like whenever an Ethereum operating system comes out, that will explode. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, well that about wraps it up. Um, we should definitely do a part two if you're if you're down, and maybe we'll get definitely more. man technical and dive a little bit deeper but uh where can people find you social media linkedin anything yeah man i'm everywhere on social media um you can find me at dean somali um d double e n s o m a double l y i've got a bunch of scammers also like impersonating <laughs> me so um yeah just at dean somali no punctuation no underscores yeah. 
All right. I appreciate it, Dean. Nice talking to you. Good talking to you, Jordan. Take care.